You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of The Process. Hey, man, welcome back. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. It's been a while, man. We took a week off for the holidays. Hopefully you and yours were just blessed through the holiday season. Uh, man, this is Sean Barber. You are listening to The Process. The Process is always greater than what it produces. A 10-year NFL vet and lucky enough, man, to have one of my brothers in Christ, one of my, my dogs, my road dogs, Indy Kalu. He's a mountain of a man. I had a chance to play with Indy not only at the uh, Washington Redskins, which is now the Commanders, also the Philadelphia Eagles, and then also his hometown, which is Houston, well, San Antonio, but we played together at the Texans as I ended up my career. So, man, we've been uh, teammates at three different locations. Uh, his work ethic, his mindset is all just phenomenal, off the charts, man. He's a mountain of a man on and off the field, business entrepreneur and everything. So, man, we can't wait to get a chance to get a, a hold of talking to him. But first, let's pay some bills, man. Um, obviously, man, the title sponsor is the McGinnis Group. Uh, yes, I work with the McGinnis Group. I'm the VP of uh, Business Development. Um, and we specialize in employee benefits, health insurance for companies, retirement and financial services, life insurance, and also long-term health care. Uh, we would love the opportunity uh, to review and get a, a chance to look at your personal position in life as far as any business and get you a part of the MGI team. Team, T-E-A-M, together, everyone achieves more. We want you to be a part of the team, so reach out to Matt McGinnis, uh, uh, Sonny or, 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 or Scott, uh, Soxy, anybody at the McGinnis Group, man, they would love to just take us some time this beginning of the year to go over your financial uh, um, snapshot and make sure you're covered the right way. So without further ado, man, you know how we get it, the who, the what, the where. Man, who is Indy Kalu? What are you doing now, and where can people find you on social media? Man, that's a tough question. Uh, who am I? <laughs> like you mentioned, name's Indy Kalu. Played 12 years in the NFL, but uh, more importantly, just a man who's trying to do right in this world and uh, enjoying life after football. Uh, living here in Missouri City, Texas, a suburb right outside of Houston. Um, the what, what am I doing now? Uh, even while I was playing, I started a, a real estate brokerage. You know, that's what pretty much many guys do while they're playing, but kind of took it to another level. Purchased some apartment buildings, commercial buildings, started managing those. Uh, then from there, we started doing private lending to other real estate investors. And recently, over the last five years, we started a, a mortgage fund. And, uh, you know, we lent capital to those real estate investors who are looking for those bridge loans to flip. Uh, properties. We also do long-term loans. So just just enjoying life, enjoying being an entrepreneur, enjoying uh, raising these kids, uh, just just loving life. As far as where you can find me on social media, I'm still a little old school. I have the Instagram. Uh, I don't even know the the handle. I'll, I'll get it to you before the end of the show. I, I use it just mainly to monitor what my kids are looking at and, and try to fight the ways of the world because I know they just stare at their phones 24 uh, seven. But I used to be on Twitter, but kind of just got off that uh, about a year ago, just to focus more on, you know, what's in front of me, not what's on my phone. I don't have any problem with it, but I'm one of those people. I'll go down those rabbit holes. And before I know it, I spent 45 minutes, an hour looking at nonsense. And so I finally just made yeah. myself 
you, you know, stop looking at. So if you want to find me, I'm old school. Come to my office and let's chop it up. Let's talk or uh, pick up the phone. But nah, just excited about to be on the process with a, a guy that I've looked up to, uh, a guy that I've been appreciative that's been in my life, not just as a teammate, but as a friend, motivating man of Christ, you know, just the way he lives his life inspires a lot of the people he comes in contact. So just, uh, just, just grateful and blessed to be on here with my man, Sean Barber, AKA Spider-Man, uh, AKA Spidey. So let, let's do this. I'm looking forward to, to the process. Man, looking good. So his, his business is called the Kalu group, as you can see behind them. Um, and you can try Google them or look them up. Um, info at the Kalu group. Um, obviously, like you said, Zygene, you can search it. We got we got great listeners here, man. They can find anybody, anything. And then on X, he's kind of not really on X. So the one thing you'll know, Indy, over the 20 weeks, the process has been the process much longer than my show. But the one familiar thing that we've seen from player, all these alumni players, not many of us have social media. I mean, we use it to follow other people and we use it to keep up with what's going on. But as far as using it as a way to communicate or to get in touch with, I would say 80% of the guys really don't look to use that. They're they looking for an email, somebody to reach out to them through their business and stuff like that. So, uh, it, man, as, as popular as it is with social media, with the IGs and the uh, Instagrams and the tweets and the Twitters and the, the, the TikToks and all that, man, we got some savvy veterans that have learned, man, more trouble comes from social media than good. So uh, we keep it old school. We keep it old school. I'm not knocking it, but one thing that I just never understood was the whole uh, documenting everything that you're doing and putting it out there for people you don't know. Or what? And again, I know I'm going to sound like an old man, but like uh, if it's your birthday, you know, and for me to tweet "Happy Birthday, Sean," I'm like, no, I got his phone number. Let me just text him. <laughs> or let me call him directly. I don't need to do it for public consumption. But I know that makes me sound old. Okay. Oh no, you ain't old man. Listen, I'm turning for. And you said mention my birthday. Actually, next week I'm celebrating the birthday. Uh, in about two weeks, January 14th, I turned 49. So I'm getting up there, almost 50. So maybe, maybe I'll try to make my way back to H Town in Houston for that 50th birthday. Yes, sir. Uh, we'll do it up the right way. So, uh, but without longer uh, further ado, man, let's get into this AFC playoff picture, man. Obviously, you do a lot uh, in the community. You know a lot about the Houston Texans. We both have a former teammate that's actually coaching the Houston Texans, D'Amico Ryans. Uh, the Texans are uh, right now 9-7, and seven, tied with the Colts and the Jaguars. So the AFC South is the one division that is really a three-way race up for grabs. Um, we also got the Bills and the Dolphins that are playing uh, this weekend to see who's going to win the AFC East. Um, and when it comes to the AFC North, the Ravens obviously are the number one seat. They have uh, secured the bye after the season's over. Uh, but also the Browns and the Steelers are still alive. The Browns are locked into the fifth seat. The Chiefs are locked into the three seat. And then I already mentioned the Ravens at the one seat. So let's start with the uh, two seed, the Dolphins and the Bills. Um, going into the week, this week, there's the Dolphins got you know facing some injuries. They got some guys that are injured. The Bills are always, they've been on a hot street um, uh, for the last six or seven weeks. They've uh, had their backs against the wall. If they lose, they're pretty much eliminated from the playoffs. And Sean, I mean, we keep mentioning guys we have in common, but the head coach for the Bills, Sean McDermott, I played against them at Women Mary when in college. We both, when we was at Philadelphia, I know McDermott from being a secondary coach. And also, I think uh, he never was a coordinator under me. 
uh, but I went back as a, a, a coaching intern uh, doing the Nun Wooten Fellowship, and he was on the coaching staff there. Uh, I think as a defensive coordinator when I went back to Philly for uh, one of those stints. So, uh, anything about the Bills team or the Dolphins team that you are looking excited about, and who do you think is going to win that game? You know what? I'm excited about all these games coming up, but if I'm going to have to, uh, you know, try to predict a winner with the way the Dolphins have looked lately, I'm going to go Buffalo. I'm still a huge Josh Allen fan. I still feel like he doesn't quite get the credit he deserves as a quarterback that can get it done with his legs, get it done with his arm, get it done between the ears. And Sean McDermott, to see his growth. I mean, when I was first in Philly, he was like a grad assistant. I mean, he was a guy that I literally said, hey, young man, can you take my shoulder pads over to the the locker room? And, And now he's the head coach running things. And, you know, I like what he's done. There's been some ups and downs. But that's the ebbs and flows uh, as a head coach in the NFL. But I really like Buffalo. I really think uh, they're hitting their stride at the right time. So I'm going to go. It's going to be tough. You know, it's going to be tough to go against Miami, but I'm going to take Buffalo in that game. Yeah. And so even going deeper with Deshaun McDermott, um, him being a safety, at, we're like we, I think we're exactly the same age. We both went into college the same time, both from the Virginia area. Uh, he was at William & Mary as a safety. Uh, I was a wide receiver and who moved to linebacker. I'm at University of Richmond. So we played each other basically four seasons straight um, in college. And then I would stay for a fifth year before I got drafted by the Redskins, who are now the commanders. But uh, he went straight into coaching. He became a, 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 a for the Eagles, like you said, for the Eagles, basically, like you said, a, a glorified ball boy, just yeah. chasing the, I mean, chasing the dream of trying to get his door in, his foot into the door when it comes to coaching. And um, on that East Coast area, Andy, you know, Andy Reid was somebody who was giving guys a chance. If you showed the work ethic, the dedication, uh, I know they won't pay him much at that time. So, I mean, you had to have some, some, some kind of grit and tenacity about you to stick in there. And uh, he did. Um, Jim Johnson was our defensive coordinator. Um, so, you know, whether we're talking about Spagnola or we're talking about Ron Rivera, or we're talking about Sean McDermott, we talk about Leslie Frazier. I mean, so many different bright, defensive minds came out of that, you know, that, that nucleus that started with Jim Johnson. Um, we both know that's predicated off of dictating to the offense what you can do. We, we ain't going to allow you to do what you want to do, but we're going to tell you what you can do, uh, which is throw the ball to the flat. It's about all we're going to let you do. Because um, we're going to have eight, nine guys at the ball. You don't know who's coming, who's blitzing, all kind of angles. Um, we're going to get sticky on the secondary. Um, he's like, I, like again, he has a background in the secondary, so he knows about secondary play as far as the safety is concerned. And then the corner is going to reroute everything. It's, it's never a free release. Um, and those seem to be the uh, kind of fundamental building blocks. Whether you talk about the Chiefs defense here, you talk about the Bills defense, you talk about Leslie Frazier when he was at Minnesota, um, even Sean and Ron when they were both at Carolina. Uh, the calling card of all these different coaches and coordinators has been a very tenacious, in-your-face, uh, aggressive style of, of defense. And I think he's definitely taken that to Buffalo. Um, not always with the great greatest of results when you talk about the end of the game, but um, definitely putting en- enough pressure to speed up the quarterback's clock and doing what is, what, is, what is in the best interest of his team is to get the ball out of your hands and get it back to Josh Allen because I think me and you share the same uh, sentiment about him. He is a, a presence. He's a fan- He has a strong arm, a great runner of the ball, and can do everything. Uh, 
So that that type of quarterback, man, is something that I think that, you know, we, we are seeing as being um, kind of pushed to the top. The Lamars, the Josh Allens, the um, uh, Jalen Hurts of the of the league are, are these scrambling quarterbacks that can keep the plays alive and also have these big arms to throw the ball downfield. So I like that pick of the Bills. Uh, let's shift our uh, focus to now the AFC South, which is obviously the Texans, the Colts, and the Jaguars. Kind of summarize uh, what you know about those three teams, maybe. You know, that AFC South is pretty cool to be playing this late in the regular season, and now you have games that are pretty much de facto playoff games. But starting with Texans, I mean, in my opinion, I'm a little bit biased because he was my teammate for three years, and, you know, I've watched him grow as a young man to being – what I think should be the NFL uh, coach of the year. Well, mm-hmm. what was done with the Texans, where they were a laughing stock, not just the wins and losses, Sean, but just the way the organization was run, the head coach and some of the decisions they were making. And for D'Amico, obviously with the help of a bright young quarterback and C.J. Stroud to really just turn around the fortunes, it's been so fun to watch, to be a part of here in Houston. And it's not just a story. I mean, C.J. Stroud, is a top-tier quarterback. He's only a rookie right now. Then you have Will Anderson, who will be a defensive MVP before his career is over. And what I like about that, on the other side, you've got a guy by the name of Jonathan Grenard, who was a good player, and everybody said, well, if he stays healthy, we'll see what he can do. What does he do? He gets 12 sacks, and the season's not even over yet. So I just really like the pieces they have on this team. And the thought going into the season oh, this is going to be a rebuild year. The yeah. goal is to show the trajectory going in the right direction. But now you're like one game away. You win and you're in. One game away from getting into the playoffs. This game Saturday night is going to be awesome. And here's the thing. I'm coming from the Houston point of view, but the Colts have a beautiful story as well. <laughs> you know, as young starting quarterback gets knocked out. Gardner Minshew gets under center. Jonathan Taylor doesn't really have the – all pro type season people expected it to have, and they're still in a position to win one more game again the playoffs. It, it, it's going to have that playoff atmosphere Saturday night. Yeah, so for the Colts to get one of the uh, Eagles coordinators and have him come into the building and kind of pick up where they left off, have the opportunity to draft a quarterback, right, an, an, an elite quarterback, franchise quarterback, and Anthony Richardson, and then to have that quarterback, you know, early in the season, uh, kind of be put on the shelf facing injuries and stuff. Um, he never blinked. He didn't. He just pivoted the offense. Went to Garner Minshew, who he had trust and faith in. Obviously, Garner had you know, Minshew had some time at the Eagles, so he knew the offense. And that's just a credit to that organization. As far as man, when you got pieces in place, uh, even when the quarterback position makes a change, you don't panic. You just keep, continue to play good football. And I think you know uh, the one thing that surprised me about the Colts, um, they moved on from their uh, uh, All Pro linebacker. Uh, midway through the season, and I was—I mean, I was kind of shocked by that. But I think the play of the younger linebackers kind of gave them the flexibility to go ahead and move away from an older guy who's was facing a little bit of injuries. He was kind of being inconsistent in his level of play. Yes, he was a perennial All-Pro, but he wasn't playing like that this year. And so they went ahead and made the move, so it, it, it stopped being a concern. Hey, young guy, you don't have to keep looking over your shoulder. He's out the building. Um, and then he ended up going, I think, to the Philadelphia Eagles and playing with them now. Um, but they've made a plenty. Of, I mean, they play. They made a lot of moves that are just like you're saying. I think. I think we talk about the Colts and the Texans, and both teams seem to make moves that are based off of the now. None of them accepted the uh, all the pundits and all the reporters saying that 
they're going to have to wait. They're about three seasons away. You got to let this quarterback come and maybe sit behind a veteran and let the quarterback learn for a year. I mean, C.J. Stroud, basically day one starter, right? Anthony Richardson, day one starter. And though the both teams have used that quarterback position a little bit differently, um, C.J. Stroud is up for rookie of the year. Um, Anthony Richardson was, like I said, on the men. But both of the teams have now, over a season, ended up in the exact same location, playing each other in week 18, one game for one opening to go to the to to, to be possibly um, a contender for the AFC South. Um, and that depends, obviously, if the Jacksonville Jaguars wins or lose, because right now the Jacksonville Jaguars has a tiebreaker over both teams. And so if the Jaguars win, then they win the South and end up being in the fourth spot. But whoever wins that Colts-Texans game will still be alive for that uh, sixth spot. So, um, so early in a coaching career, both coaches, their first year, having the opportunity to uh, be in the playoffs and survive and be a playoff team is something that I think that neither organization, fan base, even, you know, we talk about being an alumni of the Texans. I mean, when D'Amico was hired, we was all happy for D'Amico, but I don't think anybody saw him as a coach of the year candidate, uh, uh, play, play, we I think we just would've been happy with a winning season and a winning season from what, you know, getting rid of J.J. Watt, getting rid of D-Hop, the inconsistency at the quarterback position over the years. I think we just wanted to see a team stay together. This is a team that can fight for, you know, 18 weeks and play formidable football throughout a season and show some growth going into season two I think that was what we wanted to see as a win. But D'Amico was smart enough to see the talent in the building and had a vision and a dream. Um, and he definitely put all those pieces into place. So, man, we're going to take a break right now, uh, get back to segment two. Um, segment two, we're going to talk about some other stuff that's going on in the NFL um, across the board. But uh, we're going to uh, pay some bills right now and get right back at you. So, again, this is Sean Barber with The Process. The Process is always greater than what it produces. And that's my man, Indy Kalu, a representative of the Kalu Group, a uh, former NFL players. Man, we're going to get back to you and talk a little bit more business about the NFL as a whole. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. 
It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back. This is The Process. Your boy, Sean Barber, 10-year NFL vet with my man, Indy Kalu. And man, the second seven, man, we're going to jump into like, we've, we've, we've addressed the playoff scenario, but even going into week 18, there are some statistical milestones and some achievements that could get a lot of guys paid. So first of all, let's talk about, man, listen, there's a, there's a wide receiver, our first round draft pick, Rashi Rice. He's out of SMU. He has some ties with Dallas. Um, he's only a few yards away from being a thousand yard receiver as a rookie. Now, that's something that we haven't seen here in Kansas City much, um, but he's definitely has uh, outgained and outachieved all of our perceptions of what he was going to be coming into the system. Um, and then we have a running back, uh, Pacheco, who's a few yards away from 1,000 yards, being a 1,000 yards rusher. Also, in the Andy Reid's offense, it's very hard to be a 1,000 yards rusher because you just don't get the opportunity as much as other uh, running backs. But the two Indy I wanted to talk about, man, I wanted to really like narrow it down. Um, first, Chris Jones, right? Chris Jones has nine and a half sacks. There's a $1.2 million, a $1.25 million bonus if he got double digits. So with the Chiefs being in a position where as a team, they're locked into the three spot, there's no way to get to the two, no way to drop to four. All the starters, or all our important starters are trying to rest. What mindset do you think Chris Jones should be in or from a business decision, which you kind of demand to be in? Get that money. <laughs> Look, I don't care how much you make. I know he's made a lot of money in this league, but, but you know, the, as you know, the NFL, once you stop playing, the money stops. You know, there's not money that trickles down. So yeah. if he needs half a sack to get $1.25 million, and I get it's all about the team and he needs to be healthy for the playoffs, if the organization is that concerned with it, they just need to go ahead and pay him out that bonus. But if he needs to actually get in on that sack to get that money, I say he needs to go in on every passing down and and, and get after that quarterback. So with that, would you would you like keep him off the first and second down and basically tell him before the game you'll play every third down until you get a sack? Like we'll put you in every passing situation, or do you ch- you let him check himself in and say, "Hey man, listen, this is up to you to go get the money in that." So we'll let you decide. How much you want to play? When you want to play? You you check yourself in and out when you when you're ready to go. Um, obviously, put yourself at the D tackle spot. You can tell one of the other ends to get out. You <laughs> put you in it. I mean, like basically give you the freedom to kind of like choose your shot, right? Choose your shot. Select your shot. Um, if you think one of the offensive linemen is a little bit weaker, or somebody's got like a little a little tail that you can take advantage of, um, you know. Everything everything is on the board for him because as an organization, I think that the Chiefs do want to allow him to uh, achieve this milestone and help him recoup some of the money that in the nego- – you know, his uh, his deal was kind of funny because he sat at a training camp and lost some money and then he missed the Detroit game and lost some money. 
And then he accepted a, a, a lower deal for a one-year deal than what he had hoped to get. Uh, we know his, his, his cap number next year is like about $30 million um, as a, as a uh, franchise tag. He's looking for a multi-year, $30 million per year type deal. And having to settle, I say settle, about $22 million or 19 to come into this season and play was a little bit of a, um, you know, not what he envisioned his career being at right now in his career. But like you said, having an opportunity to go out here in one game you get a half, just just get in on a sack, get a half a sack to get you another one point two five. Um, do you think that's the mindset he would have? And and once you get that, you just you know set out and put it on the bench. Well, once he gets that sack, then you just take him out of the game because that's definitely a huge piece. And you and I've already discussed how important the defenses are, especially going into the playoffs. But even before the game, Sean, I would sit down with Chris Jones, uh, the head coach, the general manager the owner of the team had determined, one, can we legally just pay out his bonus? Mm. And if so, you pay that 1.25 before the game and then you sit him. But if the NFL doesn't allow for that, then you, in my opinion, you absolutely let him go in there, pick and choose uh, which which plays he wants to rush on. And as soon as he gets that sack, that half sack, you get him out of the game. Yeah, they ask us, man, listen, pay the guys who earn the money. Don't make a guy play another 10 or 20, whatever kind of snaps, because Injuries are always part of the game, and that's the last thing you can afford is for your uh, defensive Pro Bowl player to get injured in the last game uh, pursuing a half a sack uh, for, for some extra money going into the playoffs. Last but not least is the Kelsey factor. Obviously, Kelsey and Taylor Swift have been all over everybody's uh, uh, Instagram and feed for the last few weeks. Um, Travis is approaching an eighth consecutive season of having a thousand yards at the tight end position. Obviously NFL history, not just Chiefs history. I mean, 16 yards away. Now I look at this as, yeah, yeah. If I'm Travis, I'm playing. I definitely want that NFL record, but I'm looking at it from a defensive standpoint. If I'm the Chargers defense, there's no way I'm just planning on like rolling over and letting you get these 16 yards. Like I'm, I'm, I'm going to double you. I'm going to shadow you. I, I was telling somebody earlier, the, the only thing I probably wouldn't do is I'm not going to leave somebody else uncovered just to, like, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to give up a 20 yard curl route just to keep me from getting five yards. But to think I'm going to, uh, at the beginning of the game in some form of fashion, like placate and just allow you to get these 16 yards. Like, man, I'm out here doing the job too. And so like, unfortunately, Travis, your record ain't, that. that's not a higher priority than me going out here and making plays on defense. So. I would be a little bit surprised if the Charger defense um, aren't a little bit amped up, especially being a divisional game. Um, I don't, I don't know. What do you, what do you, what do you think? How do you think a defense going? You know, the Charger defense they can't worry themselves about Travis Kelsey getting 16 yards because you know what, Travis Kelsey's going to get 16 yards. I don't care <laughs> what you, you know, if it was a situation where he had to get 60 or 70, yeah, yeah, but maybe that's the battle cry. Like we're not going to let him. Uh, you, you know, get this record on us. But 16 yards, he's going to get 16 yards. So if I'm the charging defense, I'm not even thinking about that milestone because if he suits up for four quarters, he's going to get it. Yeah, and, and so uh, somebody was there, uh, else was asking me, so, you know, are the Chargers, do you think that they're, like, packed it up and they're, like, re just ready to move on to the next season and all that? And I was like, no. Like, it's a, it's a game. you got to go out there and line up, play football. I can still make interceptions. I can get bad at passes. I can get sacks. Uh, defensively, I got, you know, if I'm close to 100 tackle season, I'm trying to get tackles. Like, you can't do all that if your mindset is like, 
I'm I'm packed up. I'm ready to go. I've already shut down for the season because we haven't made the playoffs. Like I try to tell so many people on the radio and out here that like NFL mindsets are not like it's either the playoffs or once we out the playoffs, we just totally shut down. Like anytime you have an opportunity to cross those white lines and and go play the game you love to play. I mean, you sacrifice all offseason to prepare your body to play 17 games. So you know that all those games during the regular season are accounted for. You're going to show up uh, hella high water and go play your best, make as many plays as you can to show the organization and anybody else who's out there looking that you deserve to be a part of some team in 2024. And so the thing that the, 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 the Chargers are going to now, they might take some of their all pro uh, veterans who, you know, they're looking to just be prepared for next season and they might deactivate some of those guys. But if you're activated and you're up, you better be ready to get that guy's best shot. And so um, I always say, don't, don't, don't come between these white lines. If you ain't really to play full speed, all effort, all out and give it your all because you're going to get yourself hurt and you get somebody else's hurt, somebody else hurt. And so I, I think that it's going to be a, a competitive game, even though, uh, they, they're starting Easton Stick at quarterback, and we are starting Blake Blaine Gabbert, uh, Missouri's pride of the Missouri Midwest, uh, Missouri Tigers. Um, he had a good interview the other day um, just talking about his mindset going into the game. So uh, we got two backups going against each other. Obviously, like, again, again a game that's not going to matter as far as the playoff seating, but there we've mentioned a bunch of milestones where it does matter. So uh, that's a good thing. And then we're gonna just, you know, pivot right into what you what you mentioned about Chris Jones and about the D line. Let's talk about how the defenses as a whole, man. The, the D lines have definitely just, I mean, became a, almost a, a premier position um, in the league. We talk about different teams that a year ago, two years ago, were this offensive juggernauts: the Bills, the the Chiefs, the Texans, the um, uh, the Ravens. And now it's the defenses from these teams that are now pushing these teams to be front runners when it comes to the playoffs. So, Andy, can explain to me what, what we're seeing right now as far as the D line and the future of the D line as far as uh, playoff potential for teams. You know, just like you mentioned, the defenses now, they're not being overlooked. It's not just about the passing game. But when you look specifically at the defensive line group in the NFL, I mean, you're seeing guys that are more explosive than I remember, that are bigger, stronger, faster. Uh, than what I'm used to playing with, playing against. And it's fun to watch. I mean, just the evolving, uh, the players like Max Crosby, you know, yeah. the Osa brothers, Miles Garrett. Uh, you know, it's not just Aaron Donald anymore. I just, I, I think the edge players are, are really holding it down for these teams. And when you look at the Houston Texans here, it's not just about Will Anderson, who's put together an awesome rookie here, but you have the guy on the other side, Jonathan Grenard, who has 12 sets. And, and I really think that the mindset's a little bit different for the edge players. They understand that pass rush is an art form. You know, they understand that uh, with the explosion that I talked about, with the strength and the speed, you also have to have the great technique, the hand movements. Uh, you have to be relentless with the upper body movement as you're rushing the passer. And what you, you'll, you'll uh, mark my words, there'll be one or two games, playoff games, where we say, the defense won that game, or it was because of a great defensive play. While the, that's why the team is moving on to the next round of the playoffs. Well, we talk about defensive mindsets. We talk about defensive teams winning playoffs. Man, we got the Chiefs defense. Um, only only one Pro Bowler out of our defense um, was Chris Jones. So I think that was a little bit 
Uh, if you ask me, league-wide, the one snub was Ladarius Snead. Ladarius has been a lockdown corner all year long. I mean, he's he's taken the best shot. I think he has over 70. He's been targeted over 70 sometimes. They haven't given him a touchdown all year. And we're talking about Justin Jefferson. We're talking about Diggs. We're talking about Jamar Chase, um, Keenan Allen, um, Devontae Adams, Justin I mean, Listen, he's he's taking all all comers on, and he plays the exact same way against everybody. Super aggressive, jamming him at the line of scrimmage, uh, super sticky at the top of routes, will challenge you throughout the route, and he does it all game long. He's been doing it all season long, um, and I think that uh, that was probably one of the snubs that we we, we saw that didn't uh, maybe get the credit, but but that might come full circle because they said that they think that even though he didn't get the Pro Bowl nod. There's enough of his peers that have seen his progress to maybe vote him in as all pro, which means you're one of the 22 best players in the league. So uh, I think that would be something that definitely he could uh, hang his hat on, uh, a years uh, of good work done, and just just super promising. So, um, man, uh, I think uh, Larry Tunsil is one of the Pro Bowl tackle from the Houston Texans. So both teams going to be represented. Obviously, we hope that you know, one of the two teams don't have the opportunity to go to the Pro Bowl because they're playing in the Super Bowl. But, man, again, I would love that for Coach D'Amico, man, Coach Ryan's out at Houston, all the the Texans alumni, man, the friends and family that I have back from that area, man, I would love to see that kind of joy and excitement being the, in the Texans, uh, in the building, in the area. So, man, shout out to all the hard work that all you guys are doing uh, behind the scenes when it comes to the community work. Um, all the, the the service opportunities that uh, our our Kansas our Houston Texans alumni group, uh, yes, I'm a part of that also. Um, but being a you know so active in that in that community um, orient or orientated space, um, and it's just a, a great outreach of alumni and guys in the area who just give back so much time, talent, too many so much of the treasures uh, for the for the um, those that are a little bit unfortunate. Um, they're doing a great job in the in the in the Houston Texan area. So, man, like with all that, Indy, man, we're just gonna take a, a short moment, man. Obviously, man, again, I just wanted to uh, give you your flowers, man. Uh, coming out of Rice University, man, you was a, a teammate in high school, I think, of Priest Holmes, who is obviously a former Chiefs guy that this community loves. Uh, the, the big ticket uh, when he was here in Kansas City he was one of the running backs, one of our most phenomenal running backs, um, the most accomplished running back. Uh, maybe one of the most talented running backs to ever adorn a Chiefs uniform. Uh, y'all had, had opportunity to play each other in, in, in high school, play with one another on the same team in high school. Uh, man, Priest is just a, a mountain of a man also. Um, and and then I have the opportunity to just recap with you about how the NFL season is going. Uh, man, again, the Kalu Group um, does great things as far as anything business-wise, real estate-wise, entrepreneurial-wise. If you're in the Houston, Texas area, give my man Indy Kalu a call at the Kalu Group. Um, and anything he's doing, man, I just want to pass along as many blessings to your family for covering for them, for their health and blessings. Um, and then continue this to like, hey, man, we're going to keep our fingers crossed for D'Amico. Obviously, with Coach Andy, you you always hold a special place in uh, Coach Andy's heart and Coach Spags being out here now. Um, so a, a number of guys, I think we both were teammates with Andy Heck. At some point, uh, he's the offensive line coach. Um, coach Houston. Andy Heck's son is a tackle for He's a starting tackle now for the Texans. Charlie. Man, just like so many points of connection between two organizations. Todd Pinkston is now a running back coach out here with the Chiefs. Yep. 
So Pinky's out here, man. So, hey, man, anytime you got a chance to come to Kansas City area, man, I definitely take you out to Barbecue Steaks, um, Q39, uh, Sullivan's, Capital Grill, whatever it, whatever it takes. We can definitely go smoke a couple of those Rocky Patels down at the Cigar Spark. I got a guy Fireside down in Olathe or the Outlaw. So we got so many different different uh, avenues or, or points of connection to make or remake during this playoff stretch. So just excited to have you on, my brother. Uh, love what you're doing in the community. You keep it up, man. So uh, we're going to wrap up the show. Once again, we'd like to thank the title sponsor, the McGinnis Group. Any of your health benefit package needs, if you're a company here in the area, you want to reach out to Matt McGinnis or Scott Soxie or Sonny, uh, reach out to the McGinnis Group. Uh, again, together, everybody achieves more. That's a team idea. We, we handle everything like it's a team mindset. Um, and with that, I want to wrap it up. The process is the process, man. It's always greater than what it produces. And as we go into this bye week, mini bye week before the playoff push, we just want to, um, again, happy New Year's to you and yours. You all have a blessed, blessed week. Let's go Chiefs. Let's go Texans. And we out.